When it comes to seeing a doctor, there are two types of people in this world. Uh, some don't go to the doctor unless their arm or leg has become detached. And others routinely visit the doctor according to a carefully determined schedule. Now, the person who visits according to a schedule goes to the doctor even when he's feeling well. He says to the doctor, I'm not feeling sick, but I'd like you to perform an examination on me. So the doctor takes the patient's vitals. Uh, he checks the patient's reflexes. He looks in the patient's ears and eyes and throat. Uh, the doctor orders a blood draw that will go to the lab for analysis. And depending on the patient's age and how he's presenting, the doctor might order some imaging to be done. Uh, he might order non-invasive imaging, such as an X-ray or a CT scan. Or he might order invasive imaging, which involves a camera that takes pictures from the patient on the inside. And these diagnostic procedures are uncomfortable for a, a variety of reasons. Uh, they often require the patient to describe details about their personal habits, such as bowel movements, right? That's not something we typically like to talk about. The patient uh, might have to undress in front of the doctor, which is not something we enjoy doing. And if there are any invasive imaging requirements, then, well, that's not very fun either. Well, this raises a really good question. Why would a person voluntarily submit himself to these things? Uh, if you're not feeling any symptoms of sickness or disease, why submit yourself to this? Why not just wait until your arm or leg falls off and then go to the doctor? The person who goes in for regular examinations does so because he understands that sickness and disease often begin developing without any discernible symptoms. Uh, and by the time the person begins to experience any adverse symptoms, the disease might be well advanced and more difficult to treat. And so this person wants to detect disease early. Uh, he realizes that he doesn't have enough knowledge to know what's going on inside of his body, and so he willingly enlists a medical professional who can perform the examination that he's unable to do for himself. This is very similar to what David is writing about here in our reading of God's law this morning. Only David is not asking for a physical examination of his body. He's asking for a spiritual examination of his heart. And he's not seeking the opinion of a fallible human doctor to perform this examination. He's asking the all-wise and all-seeing Lord of creation to perform this examination. And it needs to be understood that the reason David is asking the Lord to perform this spiritual examination is because David wants to know if there is any hidden sin in his heart, any sin that he's unaware of. David understands it, that he can't see his own heart with the precision that God can. If we back up to the beginning of Psalm 139 and read the first six verses, we see how David is acknowledging from the very beginning of this psalm how God sees and knows everything. And not just everything out there, but everything in here. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. 
You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Now listen again to what David confesses there in verse 6. After acknowledging that God sees and knows everything about his life, David says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high. I cannot attain it. When he says that such knowledge is, is too high and he cannot attain it, David is admitting that he cannot know himself the way God knows him. David cannot see inside his own heart the way God sees inside David's heart. And David cannot see his own sin uh, as well and in the manner in which God is able to see David's sin. And so David is voluntarily submitting, submitting himself to a routine examination. Uh, I do not get the impression that this is the first and only time David prayed this prayer. This is a, a prayer he prays regularly. He's going to the great physician on his routine checkup, and he's saying, I'm not aware of any particular sins that I haven't already dealt with through repentance and mortification, but I might be unaware of sins that are lurking inside of my heart. I know that I can't see inside my heart, my heart like you can, dear Lord, and so I'm asking you to search me and to see if there's any wicked way in me and in the same way that some of us put off our routine physical examinations with the doctor because we don't want to go through that discomfort and that awkwardness, some of us put off this routine, this routine spiritual examination, and we do it for the same reasons. It's uncomfortable to have our sins revealed to us. This is especially true of those sins that you don't even know that you're walking in. When you ask the Lord to reveal your heart to you and he responds by showing some things that you didn't know about yourself, that's humbling. That's humbling. It brings us low. And it often leads us to having to confess our sins, not just to God, but to other people. And that's humbling as well. I might have to go to my spouse and say, I just came to the realization that I haven't been loving you the way that I should. Uh, I've been distracted by less important things. My priorities have been misplaced and I've been neglecting you in some really uh, important ways. Will you please forgive me? I might have to go to my friend and say, I just came to the, re the realization that I've been living in competition with you I haven't been able to rejoice in the blessings that God has given to you because I've been envious of you. I've felt threatened by your gifts and success and I behaved in ways that were designed to bring you down so I can feel better about myself. Will you please forgive me for hating you in my heart? Or I might have to go to my children and say, I just realized that I haven't recognized the level of maturity and responsibility that you've grown into and have attained. 
over the past few years, I've been treating you like you were still just a young child. And this has been provoking you to wrath. I see that now. Will you please forgive me? Here's the reality, dear friends. It requires humility to ask the Lord to search you and reveal the things that you do not see for yourself. It requires humility. If you're filled with pride, you're going to avoid this. Uh, You're going to avoid it for at least two reasons. First, because uh, the prideful person thinks more highly of himself than he ought, and so he's going to think that he already has all of his ducks in a row. He's going to say to himself, I know what's going on inside of me. I can see what needs to be seen, and my heart is in a pretty good place. I don't need God to reveal anything to me about myself. Only the humble person will admit, as David admitted in verse 6, that such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I cannot attain it. The prideful, prideful person says, I can attain it. I already have. The humble person says, no, I cannot attain it. I need the Lord to provide this for me. And the second reason the prideful person will avoid asking the Lord to reveal the hidden sin in his heart is because he doesn't want to confess his sins to other people. He doesn't want to confess to other people. He'd rather be ignorant of his sin than to confess his sin. So he sticks his head in the sand and pretends like everything's okay. Don't disturb me with the truth, he says. I'm much happier not knowing. It's easier this way. What this amounts to, brothers and sisters, is a denial of sin. The proud person either says, there's no sin in my heart that I uh, am not already fully aware of, or he's saying to himself, if there's any sin I'm not aware of, I don't need to know about it. I want plausible deniability. But let me assure you, dear friends, it doesn't work that way. It especially doesn't work that way with the Lord. 1 John 1.8 says that if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And then two verses later, John writes that if we say we have not sinned, we make God a liar uh, and his word is not in us. But sandwiched right between those two statements in 1 John 1.9 we, we, we have this glorious declaration of the good news of the gospel, which says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to, to cleanse us and to, uh, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But how are you going to confess your sins if you refuse to go in for your regular examinations? How are you going to know the sins you need to confess if you're not asking the great physician to search you and make make your sin known to you? We're at the point in our liturgy this morning where we bring our confession to the Lord. And where you know that you have sins to confess, then as we do each week, let us bring those confessions in the name of Jesus Christ, knowing that God is gracious and forgiving to those who come to him through Christ. But if you're sitting here this morning and you are struggling to know what to confess, you know this time of silence is coming, you know everybody's gonna be praying and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know what to confess. I really don't have any sins to confess. If this is your struggle, then uh, I can't think of anything more appropriate than for you to seek 
the Lord's searching, that, that, you would, that you would pray the David's prayer this morning. So during the next few moments of silence, as we are either confessing our sins or seeking the Lord's searching, I, I encourage those of you who, who don't know what to confess to ask God to see if there's any wicked way in you and to ask him to search your heart that you may know your heart and ask him to reveal those things, uh, whatever he finds, that you may uh, then be led, as David was, into the way of everlasting.